Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome in to another edition of We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malasso and Dave Amato. Dave, you know, we're doing this uh, kind of early, but we're going to give an update at the end. We're going to do uh, three segments tonight. Uh, first one being uh, Cajun's offense and Ar- App State's offense. No, Arkansas State. That one, too. Arkansas State. <laughs> uh, or should we do uh, – I, I know we talked about this off air, but – or should uh, – but uh, – should we do uh, Cajun's offense and Arkansas State's defense, and then Cajun's defense, Arkansas State's offense? Your so, thoughts. You're the you're the host. You tell me. We can do it either way. I'm let, good. I'm good with either one. Let's do offense, defense, defense, offense, and uh, okay. Uh, instead of jumping back and forth, because then we can talk about uh, the guys on the opposite side of the ball there. So, so, so we're gonna let me get this clear. We're gonna talk about Arkansas State's defense right now. Correct. Because there's not much to talk about. Well, let's go to let, let's go to uh, Arkansas State's offense, Cajuns defense, and then we're going to go to uh, Cajuns offense, Arkansas State's defense, and and okay. and our second segment. There you go. I can work with that. All right. So let, let's go overall. Um, uh, shoot, messed myself up. Overall, the Cajuns have a history of twenty-four and eighteen against Arkansas State, and uh, the Cajuns are actually on a three-game win streak. Uh, Longest win streak has been six for the Cajuns from 93 to 98. So uh, away, though, the Cajuns have been 9 and 10 against the Red Wolves. Going into this game, they win this game, they can even even it on the road. I have been to probably about a half dozen games at Arkansas State, and we talked about it in our our previous podcast. We talked about the uh, ass-whooping that the Cajuns put on in 2013 to Arkansas State that wasn't even close. And I believe uh, Arkansas State had about 90 yards of offense going into the fourth quarter. So with that being said, let's talk about the – let's start out with the Cajun defense, and we can go into what you saw a little bit of uh, against App State and what the Cajuns need to continue to do against Arkansas State to win this game so that was a long introduction so i apologize <laughs> no you're fine you're fine um no it's it, it, look it, this is not a very good football team uh, arkansas state is not a very good football team they're not good on it, it, they can't run the ball at all they um they can throw the ball though which is a staple of arkansas state football for a long time they usually have pretty good receivers and they can hurl the ball all over the field. The The good thing for the Cajuns is for about the third week in a row, they're going to face a quarterback who doesn't love to run. Um, they've got Lane Hatcher. He's, he's similar to probably Chase Bryce. He's athletic enough to move in the pocket. He will try to run a little bit, but he's not, he's, he wants to hurl the ball down the field. Um, so if we can play and look, I do not believe Arkansas State's wide receivers are as good as App State's wide receivers. And more importantly, the biggest problem Arkansas State has on offense, and we'll talk about how bad their defense is, but the biggest problem they have on offense is that offensive line. It is a, it's in shambles. 
I think they've played a different nine different offensive linemen. They have one solid player on the offensive line in uh, Andre Harris, who's a, a pretty good one. But outside of that, they have rotated people in and out at every position. They've got some transfers, some young guys. They moved a center, I think, to right guard, if I'm not mistaken. But they have really just they, – they've struggled to figure out that offensive line. And I don't know necessarily if it's been injury-related or just they just – it's just been so bad they've just tried to do whatever they can to put a hodgepodge of offensive linemen together. But it is a bad offensive line. A well, really bad offensive line. Let me ask you this: then. is is it a bad offensive line? Because there's no quickness. Is it size? Lack of size? No, it's, what's going it's, on there? It's not size because that was one of the things when I saw how bad they were. Um, I said, well, maybe they're just small and they're just getting beat. They've they've got big guys playing now. Now the guy they moved at the backup center that seems to have moved over to. Uh, right guard or right tackle I can't remember um he's a little smallish to play um because he's a center obviously but the rest of them are well over you know they got a lot of guys who are well over 300 pounds they've got a couple of six four six five guys they're big guys they're just not very good um they've given up 24 sacks in six games so they give up an average of four sacks a game um so they're terrible on third down they're worse on fourth down they there's just there's just not a lot to like about that offensive line I just like I said I, I I just don't know like I said they've tried nine different guys the only guy who's been a staple there has been Andre Harris at left tackle and he's he's a solid one but he's got no help around him well so are, are you seeing something very similar to what we saw against App State because I, I I don't usually go to other other teams message boards because I really don't care what they're saying or anything but uh it, it was i was kind of curious to see the melt if there was a meltdown of what happened uh with the cajuns against app state and some of the comments there were you know that we were bigger faster stronger we could we were just we were throwing that and you could see that on i mean i could see that no there was there was no question specifically on the defensive so our defense versus their offense we were bigger stronger and faster our front seven was so much better than their offensive line their our defensive backs i think played fantastic in that game and they're going to have to play similar to that in this game too because of the offense that that arkansas state uh, plays they're going to be trying to throw the ball around the field and we're going to have to defend against some pretty good receivers um so i think it's going to be a similar game plan to what you saw i think the difference is app state went into that game with the expectation that they were going to be able to run the ball now that, look there was a big key there they were without cam peoples in that game against us and Cam Peoples was a really good running back and more of the bruiser-style running back. They were without him, and Dietrich Harrington played but only got two carries. They tried to go with with their smallest running back against us, um, but their smallest running back's very good. Arkansas State has a problem that none of their running backs have done anything all season. I mean, it, it, I, 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 in my notes uh, that I you and I talked about briefly, 
their best running back, I think, is Marcel Murray, and he only has seven carries on the season or 13 carries on the season. He He's just not getting the ball very much, and I don't know why. I don't know whether he's hurt or what's going on, but they don't have a running game at all. They're going to chunk it up and down the field. That's what they're going to try to do against us. They're going to have to because they can't run the ball. Although the guy who is their main running back ran for 123 yards against us last year in Lincoln pair. Uh, but again, I think he had a better offensive line last year than he does this year. So what do you see on the receiver side then? I mean, if that's going to be their strength, quarterback yeah. that's not mobile, running backs that don't seem to be doing a lot at this point, offensive line, are they going to have time to throw the ball? Again, I think this is another game where um, I don't think the linebacker – well, I think this is a game. I shouldn't say another game. I don't think this is a game that our linebackers are as important because they're not having to ghost that uh, yeah. quarterback. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you where the linebackers are going to be important. And and when I was doing my breakdown looking, uh, because Arkansas State does not have a running game, they throw the ball short to a lot of their running backs and their running backs make a lot of catches. Um, so our linebackers are going to have to play disciplined football and keep those running backs from getting those, you know, little short screen passes that turn into eight, nine, 10 or 15 yard plays. Um, they do love to do that, but mostly because they can't run the ball. So they use that. Well, I was going to say, if they can't run the ball and they can't stop, guys from rushing in to tackle the sack the, the quarterback screen. you got to do something to That's slow exactly the defensive right. line down now they do have a couple of really good wide receivers uh they have a true friend i think he's a true freshman or he might be a redshirt freshman Corey rucker who's leading the team he's got 32 catches 492 yards and seven touchdowns he's he's really good uh but they've got a couple other guys that got a transfer from tcu to valence hunt who's really good. He's got 24 catches. Um, they've got a guy that is, he's always been an enigma to me on this football team. A guy by the name of Dehu Green um, has been on that team for quite some time. He was a transfer from Oklahoma. He's six, four, he's tall, he's big, and he, he's really good. He's been hurt most of his college career when he's on the field he's an excellent football player the problem is he cannot stay on the field um he transferred there he had to sit out his first year the second year he got hurt in the first game of the season didn't play at all the rest of the year and after that he's played like six games one year five games the next year this year um he he still doesn't have a lot of catches but He's a dangerous threat. He's a guy who, if he's healthy and if he's playing, we've got to keep an eye on. He's a big, tough receiver, and we're going to have to keep an eye on him just to see if he's available to play. Like I said, they've got weapons all over the field on the wide receiver side, but it's going to be a key is going to be for us to get pressure on the quarterback and our linebackers to stay disciplined and not get beat by those little short screen passes. Well, I think with, with the Cajuns, what the Cajuns did to App State uh, last weekend, uh, or last week, I should say, with, with, with shutting down three of the top receivers in the conference, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I said in the beginning it was going to be linebackers and, and offensive line for us that made the difference. Uh, I, I think I was correct on both of those. But at the same time, 
we cannot ignore the defensive back play, which we're going to, we're about to get into. So you look, you, you look, we talked about it last week when we were talking about app state and I told you there's no better receiving group in our conference than what we faced last week. Right. They were, they were super good and we shut them down. Uh, There were a couple opportunities. They missed a, a deep pass that they could have had a chance. We had a P uh, a, a DPI on a play where uh, Eric Burrard had to, had to literally tackle the guy because Corey Sutton was going to score. But, but outside of those couple of plays. That was an awesome play though. I'll tell you. And I thought it was a very smart play on our, oh, on it, was a, our t- it, it was a very good play. He had to do it, but look, he, outside of those two plays, there were very little. And, and the, so being at the game, you don't hear this from the announcer side, but I went back and I was watching some of the highlights and I heard the announcers say, and they literally said it, these guys are catching the ball, but they're not going, they're, they're not getting any yards after the catch. They are literally getting tackled. Our defensive backs, even when they would make catches, were putting them on the ground immediately and they weren't getting past us and getting these big gashing yards. And, and look, we're going to have to play that way again against against Arkansas State because Arkansas State's got a similar offense, not nearly as damaging or threatening to me, but they're still a very good offense. Well, let me they're ask big, you this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you bring up a great point, and I, and, and I forgot the pass interference, which I thought, like, like I said, was a great play. I mean, because it's 15 yards. It's not like the NFL that you get the spot foul. So I think I, I love the play. Absolutely loved it. But is this you and I, I, I've been watching Cajun football since 82. I know you're, you're, you're a few years younger than me. So yep. probably 87 was my first. Okay. So um, 87, is this the most physical and talented defensive backs that you've seen at Cajun field? Or, I will tell you, yeah, it, 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 if not the most. Now, now wait, and, wait. And, the, now, let's let's preface this. Right. We've had some great guys with Peanut Tillman, Ike Taylor. Damon Mason. Damon Mason. There were a lot of guys that, that went through there. So I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking uh, about as a squad. Yeah, as a squad. And, and I don't remember the year. I, I, there was a couple of, there was a years when Todd Scott was playing. Yeah, Todd Scott, Orlando yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Where we had some, uh, some, a really good defensive backfield. Um, but I, I'm telling, well, first of all, with the exception of Eric Garrar, who was an undersized guy, but plays so much bigger than he is. And I love that guy, by the way, I, I am, he is, he to me is so much fun to watch as a defensive back. Cause he, He's undersized. A lot of times he's going up against the best receiver that another team has. And sometimes they're six, four and he's not. (laughs) Um, But the other guys on the opposite side of him, right. Um, When we talk about Makai Garner and we talk about AJ Washington and somebody, these are big defensive backs. And then our safeties, I, I love our safety group. And we, we, can't, we, we send out tons of them, right? Between uh, uh, Trahan and then we, we got Brandon Bishop, who's playing really good football. We've got – Amazing Percy, game last week. Yeah. We got Percy Butler, who is 
look, I he's amazing. The guy is all over the field. I you you might be accurate in this might be the most physical um and 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 look, we we don't have to do a lot of double teaming on on the better wide receivers in the league because our cornerbacks are good enough that they can they can stay with these guys and it makes it easier because our our safeties can play a little bit of a center field. They can they can match up where they need to. I, there, this is a good defensive backfield, and it helps that the linebackers in front of them are really good, right? Yeah. The Lorenzo McCaskills and the Farad Gardners and the Chris Moncriefs. I mean, this is a good linebacking group, and it's a good front four, too. Well, I was so going to say, about- I mean, when we're talking defensive backs, it really starts with the with the defensive line because they've got to be able to put pressure on them and do the things they do. But at the yeah. same time, you heard a lot of things about that was a pressure sack or that yeah. was a, pre- you know, that was yeah. because of, and, and that was, uh, I it just, was. Uh, this, this team, I, again, don't get me wrong. I know Orlando Thomas was probably one of the best uh, I've ever yeah. seen here. Todd yeah. Scott right up there with him Todd too. Really I mean, good. these, were, these were guys that you, when you saw play, you knew they were going to be playing on Sundays. So. Well, and look, we, we can go through them. You know, the Melvin Thomases. Yes. Brad Franklin was on. Or, or you got Tracy Alfred. Walker right now Tracy playing the Walker, NFL. Tracy Walker, Simeon Thomas. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of good ones. Todd Scott was one of my favorites. Yeah. I just love watching the guy play football. But but no, I, I, I'm with you. This this is this is a real – and look, we got some can you, can you imagine somebody like Orlando Thomas playing with this group, uh, or uh, even uh, Simeon Thomas, or uh, or uh, or uh, Tracy? All, all those guys that were that we've just been talking about over the last couple of years, because I know we sent we sent a lot of guys there to them. Melvin White, all these guys. Yeah. You talk about these guys, and, and it's like, hey, yeah. it's it's uh, it's a fun group, and look, they're they're still young too. Most of them, uh, we still got some veterans out there. Don't get me wrong. But and they we, all make mistakes. And they make and, mistakes. And I love but, them. But but you know, we we talk about AJ Washington and Makai Garner. These guys are underclassmen. Yeah, they're going to be here a, a long time, right? So so no, it's it's fun to watch these defensive backs. And look, we're not a team that one we don't blitz a ton. We try to do it with our with our front four, right? For the most part. We don't necessarily rack up a ton of sacks. If you look at our numbers, we're not a team that sacks them, a ton, but we get a lot of pressure. And it, me, it, go ahead. I was just saying, let me ask you this. So, but, but don't you think that our front four are very physical? Oh, and I'm, I mean, I'm, t- I'm, I'm seeing the guys bull rush guys. And a lot of times it's not the sack, but they're making that, that quarterback throw, throw the ball away. It's a hurry. And sometimes, you know, we, we've seen the, the force fumble. We've seen the interception. I mean, these no, guys the are difference. physical up front. No, that's the difference. It's it's definitely the fact that you know Taylor Humphrey is a, a beast in the front, and Zion Hill is one of my favorite players on the football team. Oh, um, I, I met I met Zion Hill at uh, Sun Belt Conference Media Days, and I'm, I'm telling you, that might have been the biggest thrill of my life. I mean, uh, this this cat was. Uh, I told him, I said, man, I said, I saw you standing over there. And he was, he was Max, he's with Max Mitchell and Billy Napier, who are, are two, two guys that are not short. Sure. And uh, I, I, I said, can I stand next to you for a second? Because I'm going like, you, you look, you know, he, he's 6'1, 6'2, 
but he plays like he's six seven. Yeah, no, he's he is a very very good player, and and it, it look it makes it easy to be good when you're next to a guy like Taylor Humphrey who's really good. But I'm gonna tell you the guys that I I've watched you know all season long, and 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 I am so disappointed because he had his best game of the year. Dale and hum, uh, Hutchinson is out for the year. Yeah, uh, but he played he played fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, we're getting we're getting contributions from uh, Sonny Hazard. We're getting yep. contributions from Mason Narcisse. We're getting contributions from a lot of other guys. Jaquan Nelson had his best game of the season. Um, so we've got a lot of defensive linemen that we rotate in there. The Delvin Hutchinson thing is going to hurt because he had been that was he stepped up and played so well. And when he got hurt, I said, I said, that's going to hurt him leaving because he's so good. He's a depth guy. Right. You just need him. for. But then he he, they were going to carry him off the field. But then he started walking off the field. And I said, I said to myself, oh, well, maybe he's okay." And then the announcement came out today and he was done. And I. I hate it for him because he was playing so well, but we're deep there. I'm not too concerned. Our starters are great and we've got some good depth behind him. Well, you know, I talked about Zion Hill, which I absolutely adore the man and had, had a, had a great time talking with him at some of the conference media days. And at the same time, I'm sitting here going, you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to slight anybody on the team because I, I've been lucky enough to travel with the team the last four years or so. This year, I haven't traveled yet or been around them yet. These are some of the nicest young men that you will ever meet. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to all of them. Uh, these guys are great. So, Dave, uh, we spent probably more time talking than we should have in the first segment. But um, let's take a break and we're going to come back and talk Cajun's offense in this horrible obscene obnoxious arkansas state red wolves team and i got a little bit of the hiccup so this is a great time to take a break if i can find the uh the pause button here on my machine oh here we go you're listening we're talking tonight craig malonso and dave amato will be back right after this quick break Welcome back in to we're talking tonight craig malonso and dave amato we're talking cajuns at arkansas state uh, actually, Louisiana at Arkansas State with Cajuns and Red Wolves. Uh, Dave, I know we're going to struggle on this segment because <laughs> I'm t- I, is is the defense going to? I mean, does Butch Jones get fired after this season? I, well, I, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so because I, what I don't know is how bare the cupboard was when he, when he got there. Right. I, I yeah. know he's brought in some transfers and he's trying to do some things. Um, but look, he, he came into a challenging position. Arkansas state was on the decline when he got there. It wasn't like they were still finishing nine and three and, and right. 10 and two and dominating the conference. Their coach, uh, had, their coach had worn out his welcome. It was he, smart for it, him to leave. He left at the right time for him. And I, I don't think he's on the hot seat because it's his first year. Now, look, he's not showing anything at all uh, on the defensive side of the football. He's going to have to make some moves uh, either on his staff or he's going to have to make some moves uh, on, his, on his recruiting 
because he's got to get better at defense. And and look, with their with their weapons on offense, he doesn't need to be the best defense in the conference. He needs to be in the middle of the pack, um, and he's not there. He's he's at the very bottom, um, and 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 it's look, it's it's so hard when you look at this team. They have nine sacks on the season. They have nine sacks on the season. They are not getting any pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. Um, they are giving up. I said this in my, in my notes when I was putting it together. They are an equal opportunity offender when it comes to running and passing. They give up almost 600 yards a game. Through six games, they've given up an average of 584 yards a game. 268 of those are on the ground, and 315 are through the air. So they don't care how you, whether you run the ball or you throw the ball. They can't stop either one. Listen to this. They're averaging giving up seven yards of play on the ground and 10 and a half yards of play in the air. Well, I'll agree with you. I don't, I don't think Butch is, is hot seat is hot or his seat is hot. I should say um, they, they're, they're a bad football team. Uh, they're bad in every aspect of, uh, so of defense for sure. Let's go back. We talked to about it last week with, uh, with the Cajuns domination uh, the uh, 2013 game, sure. Cajuns had 26 first downs, uh, A-State 10. Cajuns had a net of 265 yards rushing, A-State 79. The Cajuns had a net of 205 passing, A-State 89. So 79 and 89 yards passing and, 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 and uh, rushing for A-State. So I'm just looking at these numbers because this this reminds me, I, 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 and I think really of of that uh, 180 yards that they had total yards, 168 total yards. I really think 70 of, of that or 75 of that came in the fourth quarter. Yeah, a lot of it was in the last end of the game. And look, and, and, and they I had more yards and punts, 256 yeah. yards, 100 yards more punting than they did total offense. Yeah. Sorry. What I don't what I don't remember about that, that because uh, I can barely remember what happened yesterday half yeah. the time. But what I don't remember about that was how that team was built. And I know it was, you know, I know it was the Arkansas State of of before they, they moved. They love to throw the ball around the field. They had an athletic quarterback. Um, I don't remember what they had on the defensive side of the ball, but, but the, the problem, this team is so one dimensional, like they can only throw the ball and, and they got no other real weapons on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. And it just makes you think they've got a, I think they've got a pretty good linebacker in Anthony Switzer, who's, who's pretty good, but outside of that, they don't have a whole lot of, really good players on this defensive side of the ball. And I just don't see where they're going to stop us. Um, now, look, like you and I have talked about in the past, let's hope it's not raining. 
because if it's a dry day, I think Levi has the opportunity. Well, first of all, I think Levi, Amani Bailey, Chris Smith, and and Montreal Williams, uh, Montreal Johnson have a chance to have huge days, just huge days, just picking this defense apart. I, I just don't see anywhere on the and, and they're as bad as they are up front. They're worse in the defensive backfield. Well, they, the, the 2013 team ended up being eight and five and being okay. all state in a bowl game. So, I mean, they, well, this team's not going to be eight and five and they're not going to be no, anybody in the bowl. Game. But if you, <laughs> if you look back and I, and I remember 2013 a little bit there, you know, they, they, their games they won were Georgia State, which was not very good in 2000, or Texas State that was not very good in 2013. They beat an Idaho team that now is uh, yeah. one double A yeah. or whatever yeah. uh, uh, football subdivision, but they lost to Memphis. They lost to Missouri. Uh, they did beat a, a pretty good Troy team, though. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Auburn. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say at eight and five that they were a good team back then, but, uh, they're not a good team. We know they're not a good team right now. Yeah, I forgot who we were talking about previously when I, I, I on another podcast, you and I talked about it, where I said um, you can tell a lot about a defense by where their defensive backs rate in their top 10 tacklers, right? right. If they've got a lot of those guys in the top 10, it usually means that they have problems. Because people are, if you're making a tackle with a safety or a, or a cornerback, it means you've already gotten eight yards, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's already too late. Or you're letting the guy catch the ball. Yeah. So, so their leading tackler is a safety uh, in Ellery Alexander, but they've got five of their top 10 tacklers are, are defensive backs they're either cornerbacks or safeties they're number one they're number five they're number six and number eight and number nine tacklers are all defensive backs that's a problem um and it, it just shows that they're not getting pressure on the quarterback they can't stop the run they can't stop it, it, they've just got problems all over the field look, look I, and look they've got athletes so don't get me wrong cage is gonna have to come out and play their brand of football and do the right thing and and and, and do what they're capable of but if they do what they're capable of, this should not be much of a football game. Well, the Cajuns' big fear is they're going to have to stop the passing attack that Arkansas State can bring to the table. Well, two things there. I'll, I'll say that that's been the Cajuns' strength, I think, in, in yep. the most part, in my opinion, uh, is the passing attack uh, defense. And also um, the uh, it, it, it's one of those – that that you um, shoot lost my train of thought here because I had a computer warning pop up on here for a second, but I guess the point being is that Arkansas State, which which surprises me because through the years they've had the big receiver quarterback combination if nothing else through the years, and I believe and before we do our next segment. I will look look this up. I believe they signed a four star recruit to Arkansas State recently. So, oh I, yeah, and it's it's possible. Look, I know they came into the season with a quarterback controversy because they had a transfer from uh, Florida State and James Blackman, who's out for the who's out, he's out for this game. He might be out for the year. Lane so, Hatcher. So does that help? Does that help them though with with the one quarterback system and not having to re, 
to rely on. Well, and I know, yeah, I know we were talking about their defense and, but, but to go back to that point, and that was a, something I jotted down in my notes, you know, I'm, I was shocked. We knew what Blake Anderson was. We knew he was going to play two quarterback system. He was always going to play a two quarterback system. I was under the impression that when, when Butch Jones got there, he was like, okay, we're going to pick out of one of these two guys, but he didn't. He, he was alternating the guys back and forth, Lane Hatcher and then James Blackman and Lane Hatcher and James Blackman. Now he, he doesn't have to make that choice anymore because James Blackman's hurt. Um, and Lane Hatcher's a quality kid. Don't get me wrong. We, we said this before about other guys on football teams. You don't look, and Chase Bryce is one of them, right? Chase Bryce, you don't make Clemson's roster unless you're a quality kid. Lane right. Hatcher, Lane Hatcher was on Alabama's roster as a quarterback. Now, look, he was far down the depth chart. They redshirted him. But you don't make that roster unless you're – I said the same thing years ago about Brandon Bishop when we signed him. They said, well, he was a walk-on at Alabama. I don't care. Walk-on at Alabama is better than most kids at yeah. most schools. Um, so, so, so Lane Asher's got some talent. But I think it does help. I, I would assume it would help him. This two-quarterback system, I always – I liked the way Billy did it. Was it was Billy or was it Huds? No, it was Billy. It was Billy. He, it was Billy. Four he, ser- every four series. Where we knew exactly when um, uh, Levi was coming into the game, right? The, the system where every other possession is going back and forth, I don't think it ever works. You never get any continuity. You never get any any. The guy never has. He doesn't go in and go look. Okay, now I'm I'm hot. I'm gonna stay hot. He's on the bench the next series. I, it's a terrible idea. Um, I've never seen it work personally, uh, and I've yeah, watched football for. I'm not time. saying it works, but at the same time, putting in a quarterback just because it's the fourth series, in my opinion, doesn't work either. I like. I mean, if you see the flow of the game, and through that, if your quarterback, whether it's the third series, and you've got a guy that can do this. Now, if their talents are similar, that's one thing. But at the same time, to me, and I'm not a football coach, and I'm nowhere near a football coach, and I'm not the brightest guy. But at the same time, to me, if it's the flow of the game and you see a, a guy excelling, you go with that guy. Yeah. And no, then, I, I, I definitely agree with that. So. I, so uh, yeah, no, look, they got they got problems, and well, you know, we we digressed off of yeah. the defense. Um, okay. But I I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. So all right, so we we talked about our App State, uh, Arkansas State App State shit. Too many A states. Yeah, the best sign I saw on State is not an Appalachian State is not a is not Appalachian is not a state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very clever, uh, which I would have never thought of because I'm not yeah. that clever. But offensive side of the ball, what do the Cajuns – what – I know. Yeah. We can do what no. – if the Cajuns play their game, we'll do whatever we want. No. Here's where, what where, I where, where is the most – what is the most vulnerable part of Arkansas State's defense? So Well, look, like I said, they're an equal opportunity offender. They're terrible yeah. at both. But here's what I love. I love the fact that even in the South Alabama game, we saw the progression of this offensive line and the progression of these running backs 
as they've gotten deeper into the season. And, and then we saw it really take hold at App State, against App State. I think the reality of the situation is this. If that offensive line plays anywhere like they did in the last two weeks, we pound the ball down their throats. And I, they can't, they've proven they can't stop the run. They have absolutely proven they can't stop the run. I think, well, first of all, we've, we've said it for weeks. You pound the rock and it opens up the passing lanes. I think this is a case where you know you can run the ball. Against App State, you were questioned whether you could run the ball or not because you knew how good that defense was. This is not a question of that. You know you can run the ball. Go do it. Go impose your will against a team that has inferior talent, and it's going to only make Levi have much easier lanes to throw the ball. And I think the key is going to be run the ball early, run the ball often, and and just shove it down their throats as much as you can. Dave, great as always. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. And for those that are listening, uh, it's Thursday, October 14th currently. We're going to come back later on uh, early next week. And any updates to injuries or things like that and update the game plan or things that we see different. Well, Dave, thank you as always. I've got a little bit of sanding to do here in the bunker. And maybe one more uh, coat of sheetrock to put on before I paint this weekend and make this thing look like a good thing and, and put all three TVs back up. So, and I can have three, three games going at once. So <laughs> nice. Well, you enjoy your uh, caramel latte mate or whatever the hell they're called or IPA <laughs> or some crap like that. I will do my best and uh, enjoy watching some football this weekend and, and we'll get back and have some of our terrible midweek games that we have to, worry about uh, and maybe one day we'll be somewhere where we can be on Saturday nights on prime time well I've got a few more thoughts on this game but I'm going to say them for uh, later on and when we get into segment three so sounds good we're going to take our break right now or we're going to stop for the night and take our break and you'll hear us back with a, a full maybe a quick recap and uh, what we talked about and moving forward any new injuries or anything like that. Hopefully it's on the, uh, the uh, home team side of the ball and not uh, the Cajun side of the ball. So for uh, Craig Malas on Dave Amato right now, we're going to take our break and uh, I got to move a mouse cursor and we'll be uh, back right after this message. 